Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10:30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. So we're going to delve into the Word today. If you have your Bible or your your um, your device where you read the Word. Uh, turn to Matthew chapter 12 and hold that for a moment. The title of my message today is Honoring the Women of Our Church. So I'm going to take this opportunity today to share some relevant stories and ideas about women. Now, these are just stories and they're just ideas. They're not like hard, fast rules. I don't claim to have all the answers, especially when it comes to women. I have been married to the same woman. It'll be 45 years this summer. I have learned a lot about women. Uh, I live in a house full of women. Lovely, my daughter Tiffany and Shalice is there. And so we've got them all the way from nine all the way to 60-something. And so, yeah, I'm always learning. Um, So I want to share some ideas and thoughts with you about the lovely ladies that are in the room. A pastor friend of mine sent me this little list, and he is convinced that computers, we all have to have computers. How many of you know, even on your phone, there's a, a little computer in there, but most of us have a laptop or a, a tablet or a PC at home or whatever. He's convinced that computers must be female, okay? And here are his five reasons that he gave me to kind of cheer up my Mother's Day weekend. Number one, he says, no one but their creator understands their internal logic. Number two... Even your smallest mistakes are immediately committed to memory for future reference. Number three, the native language used to, used to communicate with other computers is incomprehensible to everyone else. Oh boy. Number four, the message bad command or file name is about as informative as if you don't know why I'm mad at you, then I'm certainly not going to tell you. Yeah, you know how that goes. Number five, as soon as you make a commitment to one, you find yourself spending about half your paycheck buying accessories for it. Now, those, hopefully, they might sound a little bit sexist, but I think it's fun to joke about our differences, don't you? And I thank God for those differences. Can I get a big amen on that one, huh? Yeah, women say yes, amen, and uh, and the men say amen. I've always told my wife, you know what? I can live with my bald head and a little bit of a pot belly just for the fact that I didn't have to bear children, you know? I, I, I was in the room when that happened, and it was kind of scary. Uh, wow. Especially when Austin was born. He was a big thug. You know, he was a... Was he 10 pounds? Nine pounds. And he had broad shoulders like his daddy. And, uh, oh, boy, that was, that was quite a scary thing. But, ladies, we appreciate you. We care about you very much, and I want to honor you today in that. Let me share a story with you. A father and his young son were talking together one day, and the father asked the son what he wanted for his birthday. The boy said he wanted a baby brother. His birthday came, 
and the wish came true. Just before his actual birthday, his mom gave birth to a second child, and he got a baby brother. Now the next year, just before his birthday, his father asked his son again, Son, what would you like for your birthday? This time the little boy was very hesitant with his reply and kind of hung his head. But Dad kept pushing him for an answer. So the little boy very sincerely told his father, Dad, what I would really like is a pony, but I'm afraid that would be too hard on Mom. Mm-hmm. He understood the facts of life, did he not? Let me share a little Mother's Day history with you, okay? Uh, I thought this was interesting. I, I learned this this in the last week or so. I learned where Mother's Day came from. And the concept for Mother's Day celebration has deep Christian godly roots. It was actually born in a small Methodist church in Grafton, West Virginia. It started as an idea that a Sunday school teacher, her name was Anna Reeves Jarvis, came up with this while she was preparing to teach her Sunday school class. Mrs. Jarvis' daughter is credited with getting the town of Grafton to celebrate the first Mother's Day in 1907. In 1909, the city of Philadelphia decided to pick up on the idea and celebrate a day honoring mothers. Then on May 8, 1914, President Woodrow Wilson designated the second Sunday in May as the official celebration of Mother's Day in the United States. So a little bit of evolution there over a matter of years, and it came to pass, and it's been that kind of that way ever since. Now, here's what I want to talk to you about today. In the church, we can't limit today this celebration of mothers. We can't just limit it to honoring those who have either given birth or they've adopted children or even raised someone else's children. Jesus Christ himself gave us a different perspective on the idea of motherhood, which goes way beyond President Woodrow Wilson and goes way beyond Anna Jarvis and what she had in mind for Mother's Day. Which brings me to Matthew 12, verses 49 and 50. This is Jesus. He says, pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, and for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Mother's Day should be all about honoring the women of our church who do the will of God in their lives. doesn't matter if they gave birth, they adopted children, or they have no children of their own, whether they're married or unmarried. Jesus said right there in the scripture that the true moms of the kingdom of God are the women who do God's will. And I believe we need to follow biblical guidelines in how we show honor to the women of our church. So if you're taking notes today, if you're one of those studious note-takers, I love it. Write this down, honor versus dishonor. Honor versus dishonor. I think we all know what honor is. That's kind of a given. So what I'm going to dissect is the flip side of that in this word dishonor. And I think many of us, we unknowingly dishonor some of the women in our church by our actions or the lack of our actions toward them. So I want to touch on that today. How many have ever seen these little micro-mist systems? If you've ever been out to the, the hot part of the desert, I remember years ago we vacationed in Palm Springs. We kind of got roped into it. And uh, my brother and his wife had a condo down there. 
And so we kind of went down and, and we stayed with them. And every place of business in Palm Springs, because it gets so blasted hot, has a misting system in place. You see them on the patios. You see them outside the seating areas of restaurants. You see them around the swimming pool. I've even seen them on golf carts. You can get in the golf cart. It's got a little tank on the back of the golf cart. You can push the button and the mist will help cool you down a little bit when you're driving between the holes. So this mist is so fine that it evaporates almost immediately. All it does is cool the air and then it evaporates. And you hardly notice it when you're sitting by it. You know it's going because it helps helps your cause. But you hardly notice it. That illustrates the concept Bible word for dishonor. Okay? Dishonor in the Bible literally means micro-mist or vapor. Micro-mist or vapor. So, to dishonor someone in Bible times was to treat the person as if you didn't even notice them. They weren't even there. Okay? And we need to realize that Sometimes we do that very thing to women in the church. I'm sure we can do it to everybody in the church if, we don't, if we're not careful, but we treat them like they have no value, like they have no significance, and it shouldn't be that way. Not only how men act toward women, but how women act to other women, or how teenagers and children act toward adult women. We get caught up in ourselves, we get caught up in our own importance, we get caught up in our own agenda, our own tasks, whatever it is. I'm a very task-driven person. If you've gotten to know me at all in the last four years, I kind of get tunnel vision, and I can walk right past people, and I shouldn't. Huh? So sometimes we get so caught up in our stuff and ourselves, we end up treating people, and especially women in the church, with dishonor. You say, well, Mike, how do we do this? What do we do when we dishonor them? Well, I'm glad you asked, okay? Glad you asked. We do this when we ignore their opinions. We do this when we stop listening to what they have to say. We do this or if we don't care if a person is present at church or absent from church. We do this when we talk with disrespect about them make fun of them, or ridicule any of their actions. We do this if we speak to them or treat them as if they have no feelings or they don't matter. And the Bible tells us that shouldn't be. Amen? It has no place in the church, in church life. In fact, just the opposite needs to take place. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. It says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. And I could put a little footnote in there, and sisterly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. Don't be so caught up in yourself and your personal agenda that you don't take time to honor one another. Amen? So, how do we honor the women of our church? Well, I'm glad you ask. Not just today, but every day. There's two things I'm going to touch on. I just have two points in this teaching today that the Bible word honor tells us to do. Okay, number one, write it down, valued treasure. Valued treasure. The first thing we have to do 
for these ladies in our church is to treat them as valued treasure. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. It says, In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, and some for common use. Did you get that there? Some are for special purposes, and some are for common use. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I would contend, is the most precious thing in the world. Amen? Can I get an amen? And it's just common sense that you don't put precious things into common or crummy containers. Okay? Paul was telling his young friend Timothy in this passage, hey, when people in your church are inconsistent in their living, when they don't obey God's word, when they aren't following Jesus as the Lord of their life, they're like cheap pots. Okay? They're like cheap pots. And they're, but they're being used to hold something precious. And it shouldn't be. Because that's not the Christian life that God has called them to be. Amen? Look at the next verse in 2 Timothy 2.21. This is the comeback on that. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. I like that. Don't you? I like that. Instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Yeah, those are some of these special purposes and and, uh, the gold and silver pots. So we need to view women in our church as God does, as valuable treasure holders, not cheap pots. Can everybody say amen and agree with that? When we view them as God views them, then we give them the honor that they deserve, the honor that is due them, as being the moms of our church family. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 Puts it this way. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Let me read that again. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord God is giving you. I don't know about you. Well, one, I want to live long. I don't want to cut my life short because I'm not paying attention to God's word for my life. Okay? And I want to live long in the land that God has prepared for me. I don't want to be off doing my own thing and miss what God has prepared for me. I want to walk that straight and narrow path that he's called me to walk. And, you can, and the Bible says you do that by honoring your father and your mother. I guess we'll deal with you fathers come Father's Day. How's that? Is that okay? Does that work? So in a practical, everyday terms, what does it mean to honor these ladies? Again, I'm glad you asked. It means we protect them from slander and snide comments from others. We go out of our way to see that they succeed in what they attempt. We cheer them on, amen? We help them out if need be. We give them encouragement when they are discouraged. We focus on their good points, not the points of their personalities that we don't like. Okay? That's no way to be. 
We mention them frequently in conversation in a good and uplifting way. Talking about the ladies in our church, okay? And we honor them by talking to them when we see them on the street or in a store or at the beginning or the end of a worship time together because the Bible says they are precious. One version says they are precious. They are noble, okay? So valued treasure. That's my number one point. Number two, remembering. It's a simple thing. Remembering. Psalm 63 is a great example of David honoring God through the remembrance process. Let's look at this passage together. 63, Psalm 63, 1 through 7. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. He needed a misting system, didn't he? I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Here's a good, good. I love this. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. So David was remembering what God had been to him and done for him. And he put it in this passage. So remembering is a way of honoring someone. And showing respect to them. The Greek word for respect literally means to look behind or to remember the past. I want to share a letter with you from another pastor friend of mine. Not the same guy with the computer the computer thing, but this is a little more serious. But he, he wrote these words and sent it to me. He says, on the last Sunday of January 1986... My mom lost her fight with an illness known as Lou Gehrig's disease. But the summer before she passed away, a news crew from the CBS affiliate in Chicago came out and did a piece on my mom and her battle with that fatal illness for a news magazine program. It was aired around Christmas time in 1985, just a month before mom died. Through that story, my mom taught me that faith in God through even the most difficult trials was an absolute essential in my life. I honor her memory by remembering her. In December, before she died, our church sent me back to Chicago to spend a week with her. During that time, I had the chance to honor her by telling her about the awesome influence she had been in my life and remembering all of the fond memories and great times we had growing up. We need to do more of that, don't we? With mothers in the faith. Amen? We need to do it more often. We need to say it more often. We need to express it more often. Let me ask you this. Have you been influenced by a woman in this church in your spiritual growth or in the nurturing of your faith? You can look across this room, and, and there's probably somebody here that would fit that description. Somebody that witnessed to you along the way, and maybe even brought you to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So, 
If that's the case, if there is a woman in this church that's contributed to your growth, your spiritual growth, the nurturing of your faith, then I'm of the opinion that you should tell her, and especially today, on this Mother's Day. A wise pastor once said these words. He said, a thriving church is one that remembers the past, lives in the present, and works for the future. What we should be remembering is not how we used to do things in the past, because those things will change with our culture. What we should be remembering is the people who influenced our growth in the faith and strive to imitate that. Amen? Amen. Strive to imitate that. My mom does some funny and goofy things, but one thing I know about my mom is she's a prayer. She's a prayer warrior. She, when, when I get on the phone and talk to her, she'll say, Hey, I've been praying for you. Yesterday when I talked to her, she says, I've really been praying over Teresa. Teresa has to get on the freeway and drive to Puyallup every other week and, and spend the week up there. And she says, I just have really been praying for Teresa. So it's, it's a comfort to know that my mother is praying over me, praying over my family, praying over Tiffany and Shalish. She's praying over David and Donna and their children as they do ministry in Vacaville. She's praying over Susie and Randy as they travel because she's a mom. And she's, like I say, she's 80 years old. She doesn't have much more to do but pray and read the Word, you know. So it's nice to know. I've, I've kind of thought about, well, what will life be when Judy passes and she's not praying for me anymore? It'll be kind of different. I won't be able to just refer to it immediately like I've done most all my life. But then again, there's folks here in this church that I know pray for me because they tell me that. And I can sense and feel their prayers. And so that's wonderful. Being a mother, whether, being, whether it being biological or adoptive or a woman in the church family, it's not an easy task. There's a little quote that goes this way. If being a mother was going to be easy, it never would have started out with something called labor. How many of you know that's true, huh? Never would have started out with something called labor. So I want each and every one of you ladies that are here under the sound of my voice today to know how much you are appreciated, how much you are loved, and that you are deserving of the highest honor that we can bestow on you. I've got one more little story that I'm going to read as I bring this all to uh, kind of a close here. It's a statement that was written by Teddy Roosevelt. And he says, When all is said, it is the mother and the mother only who is a better citizen than the soldier who fights for his country. The successful mother, the mother who does her part in rearing and training aright the boys and girls, who are to be the men and women of the next generation, is of greater use to the community and, and occupies, if she would only realize it, a more honorable as well as a more important position than any man in it. The mother is the one supreme asset of the national life. She is more important by far than the successful statesman or businessman or artist or a scientist. And I would just say this, women of People's Church, we honor you today. You are the supreme asset of our church life as well. I know that men can be prayers. I, men, I know that men can be worshipers. I know that they can be men that walk in the Word. We've got them right here in this congregation. 
But it doesn't come naturally to men. Men are not an emotional being, so to speak. That's just kind of the way God made us. We can overlook a lot of things. But women, our church will never be a force for Jesus Christ without your love, without your nurture, without your leadership, and without your motivation. And we thank you today for that. We salute you today for that. Let's even applaud the ladies, shall we? Let's give them a big hand today. Yeah. We applaud you today. You are something special. I can't imagine my life, what it would be like without Teresa and Tiffany and Shalise. My life is much better for it. And uh, so we love you. We thank you. We salute you. Everybody stand together. Let's all get on our feet. Let me close in prayer, shall we? Father, thank you for this day that you have given us to honor these ladies on Mother's Day, Father. And we hope and pray that we would do a better job of honoring the women who are in our church, the women who are in our circle of influence, Father. We just pray that you would bring this word to mind and to light in our hearts when we get caught up in in our own little world and, and we get caught up in our own circumstances and we forget to give the time and the effort and the energy and the honor that is due someone else. Lord, as men in the church, help us to be better at it. Help us to grow in that and help us to uh, do a better job of honoring the ladies in this church, the women in our life. We are so very grateful. We're so grateful for these ladies who are carrying the load in the kingdom of God. It's, it's, it's what comes to mind. is They're there. They're praying for us. They're cheering us on. And uh, we're just so grateful for that today. Bless each and every woman who is here today, Father God, on this Mother's Day. If they haven't uh, made contact with their family members, Lord, I pray it'll happen this afternoon, this evening, that they would uh, get a visit, get a, con- get a phone call, get some t- a text message, get some kind of contact with their family members, Lord Jesus, that would bring a smile to their heart, put, put joy in their heart, I pray. Bless them, protect them, guide them, and direct them, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Lord bless you all. Thank you again for being here today. Give somebody a high five across the room or whatever as you leave today or hug their neck.